everybody. Jimmy Warren here. Welcome to a brand new episode of Guitar Talk. Man, we've got a great show in store for you today. This episode is brought to you by Burt Guitars. BurtGuitarsUSA.com. Handmade custom boutique guitars. Affordable. That's right. You can get a brand new uh, custom guitar for under $1,500 at Burt Guitars. That's Burt Guitars USA. Today, my guest is, I had a lot of fun with this guy. It was an absolute pleasure talking with him. And that. And my guest today is Jimmy Bell from the rock band Autograph. That's right, Jimmy Bell. We had a great time. I think you're going to really enjoy this conversation. He's a really cool cat. So do yourself a favor. Sit down, put your feet up, get a nice cool beverage, and enjoy this conversation with Jimmy Bell right here on Guitar Talk. Thanks so much for joining me. I appreciate oh, I'm, it. I'm excited. Anything called guitar talk, I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, good, man. I'm glad to hear that. You know, you'd be surprised how many people, you know, the guitar is just a tool to to do a job. And then there's other people, man, that are just so engulfed and passionate about it that they live and breathe it. That's You're, you're talking to that person. Yeah, right well, here. That's good. You know, I've I've been fortunate lately to have quite a few people like yourself, so I enjoy that. Yeah, I it's do. Been my, it's been my life since, uh, uh, you know, I discovered the guitar very, uh, yeah, well, you know, I messed with it when I was, you know, real young, but um, I was a drummer originally yeah. from the from the ages 10 to 13. I was playing drums and I even played big stand up bass in, in uh, school, you know, the uh, for a while, but I fell in love with the drums and I was jamming with some guys here at the house, you know, and I had, I had my drum set here and they, the guitar player left his guitar out, um, one time. And, uh, this was in the seventies and he had, a uh, an old seventies, big muff fuzz, a real, a real, one of the real nice ones, you know, yeah. when they first came out. And, um, I remember picking up the guitar Now I'm left-handed so I picked up the guitar and just, you know, held it upside down and I turned on this fuzz box and I hit that low E string and I went, oh my God, this is incredible. I, I literally, I literally dropped my drum scholarship because I had a drum scholarship. I dropped it and, and took up guitar instantly, gave up the drums instantly. I called the, I called the conservatory and said, I'm not doing this anymore. I want to be a guitar player. Wow. That was that insane. I that that's how the guitar took me over. It was like, it was crazy how it took me over. Yeah, I, I became obsessed with it. In other words, uh, when I say obsessed, meaning like practice nonstop, constantly, all the time. No, uh, you know, nobody ever had to tell me to pick up a guitar and play it. I I had the guitar in my hand all the time. I did not have to. Uh, I didn't go out on the weekends and hang out with my friends or anything. Once I had the guitar, that was it. Yeah. Now has, has that passion carried on all through your life? Always. I still practice guitar constantly. Yeah. See that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're talking, uh, you know, I started at, uh, I, I started very late 13 and I'll be 65 on my birthday coming up in January. So, wow. uh, yeah. So this is, this has been a nonstop thing for me. Yeah. Lots of practicing. Even the day of a show, uh, a day of a show, especially I'm in my hotel room, nonstop practicing all day and then uh, sound check. And then right after sound check, I'll play that guitar right up till showtime. I'll be darn. Yeah, that, I've even had so incidents. 
I've even had some circumstances where um, I'm very hard on myself uh, about my performance. And I've actually, if I feel that I didn't do a good performance that night after the show, I will go home and pull the guitar out of the case and try to figure out what I was doing wrong. What did I do wrong tonight? Why wasn't my hand working the way it was supposed to? That's, I, I guess that's borderline insane, but that's okay. <laughs> that, you know, that just, that just shows that, you know, that it's something that, you know, that, that you absolutely love. I mean, yeah. you're, you're, you're engulfed in it and that's cool. And I, I think, I think when I run across, you know, most players that, um well let's say you run across guys that are are real players real true players they have that you know what right. i mean it's it's just it's just a natural part of their their existence and their life and that and it's cool i think it's a really cool message for young guys to hear somebody like yourself say hey you know what i'm about to be you know 65 and i still practice every day i still play every day i mean i've you know, I've made a lot of sacrifices in my life um, because of guitar playing. You know, um, I've sacrificed so much, um, you know, uh, things like, you know, I was so obsessed with playing that I always just, you know, I, I never worked a real lot except for in music. You know, it had to be something musically uh, related. And because this is what where my passion drove. I was out on the road. Uh, very early in my life and uh, even with uh, cover bands like uh, back in the day where you would get booked at a at a place for a week at a time uh, I would travel all over the way we're talking way before cell phones way before GPS I got everywhere without a damn GPS <laughs> or a cell phone uh, I mean you know I learned what how I had to learn guitar was if I heard something that I liked, like if I, uh, when I first fell in love with uh, Richie Blackmore and and was was trying to learn things from Machine Head, I, I took the record. It was trying to slow it down uh, on the record with a with because I had a speed sixteen, and of course it wasn't in tune. But I was trying to figure out how he was picking something. So I tried to figure out where the heck he where it was. It, it was a nightmare. It's not like today. Today is like, you know, you want to learn something. You go to YouTube, there's a million great guitar players playing this one thing and they all have it up there. You know, it's like when when I was learning, none of this even existed. No. It just didn't. You right. had to you had to work really hard and, not, you know, you had to try and train, train, uh, train your ear as best as you could. Yeah. And uh, not that these kids aren't. You know, I don't mean to make it sound like that. These guys are working hard. I mean, you can't just go to YouTube and instantly play something. You have to work at it. But everything is there now at yeah. your disposal you know yeah they, they've made it they've made it pretty easy you know as like you said you know you used to have to be uh good with your ear and take the record player and keep going back or yeah they yeah. rewind the tape and i was grateful when uh cassettes came you know got popular because uh yeah. i was able to put the cassette in and keep you know rewinding that spot back and forth back and forth you know on a record you know with the, picking up the needle and trying to put it back, you get, you know, you're wearing out the record and you never got in the right spot anyway. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, how do you feel though? You know, since you're on that topic, you know, the fact that you can go to YouTube, you know, and there's 50 million guys, you know, there's 12 year olds and eight year olds 
in Taiwan, in South America, in places that are just flat out friggin' amazing players in that. I mean, uh, do you think that that pulls away from the real music market? You know what I mean? Because there's so much stuff out there that, you know, a band will put out an album and it doesn't matter how big the band is. You might not know there's an album there because there's so much shit going on. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, the whole, the whole thing has changed. Yeah. You know, to see what I, what I had to deal with growing up, you know, um, you know, my, my high point, not my high point. I mean, it sounded like that, but you know, when I was coming through the eighties, you know, and I had developed, you know, when you're talking about working on your style and, and not, not relying on a computer, um, to, to learn things. Cause you're right. Things you get lost in so much stuff, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. um, but I worked to develop my picking hand, you know, because I was always known as a, a very accurate picker. Uh, that was my thing. You know, uh, I've had people like, uh, my my um, a friend of mine uh chris impelitary um he you know until he saw me play guitar he didn't play like that yeah he was from connecticut where i'm from and he had more of a rock style more randy rhodes type thing and then when chris saw me play he lost his mind he just wanted to learn how to do that double fast double picking stuff uh and it was one of those things he just kept going and going and, and got and made it incredible um so there's there's hard work um and trying to train yourself really uh has its advantages because you know you're creating uh for I'll, I'll give you another example like when i hear something like i'm i'm not a big instrumental fan i'm just not that that's just me i'm i uh i'm not a huge fan of instrumental records I never was but if i listen to something and i hear a, a riff um that i can't do um or or something that catches my ear i won't sit like if ingve plays something i won't sit and try to learn what ingve did i'll listen to it real quick and then i'll start creating something that sounds possibly similar but mm-hmm. not that not yeah. sitting and trying to learn what he did note for note i want to create something uh, uh of my own uh to uh to show that I'm doing something. And, and I think that gets lost a lot on the computer because I know guitar players around here that, you know, that go on to this thing and learn everything. And, you know, they're out there playing things note for note, note for note. I don't play anything note for note. Yeah. I just don't, I, I, I refuse. I don't, I don't do it. I want to, I always try to, I was asked when I joined autograph to only do turn up the radio uh, that that solo. Plus I wouldn't have changed that anyway. But, you know, as far as anything else with autograph, when I joined, they said, you could do whatever the heck you want. You, you, you know, change every solo, just do whatever you feel like, you know, they gave me free reign to do that. Yeah. That's, that's nice. That's nice because, you know, you, when, when you hire a guitar player or an instrumentalist in any position, you're hiring them because of who they are. Right. You know, because of their talent and stuff. And you want, you know, evidently you want their style to shine through. I think that's good because there's too many people and I'll use my son as a reference here. He won't (laughs) mind. He's a, he's a great guitar player. I mean, absolutely amazing. He's one of those guys 
that can listen to something once, like the first time he heard ten, uh, Steve Vai do Tender Surrender, he listened to it a couple of times and then he played it, you know, and, and I'm blown away by that. But you put him in a setting with a band where you got to keep time, where you got to improvise, where you got to, you know, read the room and have a conversation. Can't do it at all. Can't yeah. not do it at all. But yeah, he can sit here all day and play me pieces of some of the most iconic guitar solos that there are and do them note for note and sound amazing. But, you know, he, he can't play in a band. I mean, even if you're doing a simple four, you know, uh, uh, one, four, five blues progression, he couldn't do it. Yeah, that's very. See, I grew up. At, I yeah. grew up, you know, uh, let's let me tell you, when I first started playing guitar, Johnny Winter was my main guy. So mm-hmm. I, I had this this album called Johnny Winter And. It was a live album with him and Rick Der- Derringer on it. It has some of the best guitar playing ever on it. Even to this day, it still holds up. Uh, so I started off with a lot of blues stuff. and uh, But I liked Johnny Winter because he had a lot of fire in his guitar playing. It wasn't your typical B.B. King type blues. He did that, but then he had a lot of fast chops going. And, and the fast chops always caught my ear. And that's when I found uh uh discovered richie blackmore and i started you know diving into what he was doing and then after that you know uh i i was turned on to al demiola and once i found al demiola i i loved his accuracy and his picking so much that i i took these three guitar players johnny winter al demiola and richie blackmore and kind of like created a mesh of, of what my style is. So when I, when I do my fast guitar playing and stuff, um, a lot of it is a lot of the picking stuff, but it's not your typical, uh, harmonic minors, diminished scales and all that. I'm doing a lot of pentatonics with flatted fifths and, you know, Mm -hmm. a lot of that stuff, uh, as opposed to what a lot of the, uh, other guitar players are doing. And, you know, I have, you know, I see so many of these, uh, guitar players, you know, that are influenced by Ingve, you know, the neoclassical guitar players. And, and the thing is, is when I listen to them, it's like, you're listening to, it's like, it's so impressive that, that you're doing this and, you know, you're, you're sweeping arpeggios and doing you know, your diminished runs up and everything, but you're always going to get kind of pigeon-toed and being compared to Ingve. Mm-hmm. Ingve. Ingve created that. He took something, you know, I, I look at Ingve as an innovator myself, you know, uh, you know, like, like Eddie Van Halen was an innovator. Well, Ingve right. took the guitar, took that particular type of style and really brought it forward. So, but to jump on that bandwagon, you're always going to get because neoclassical is neoclassical. You're always going to get kind of, you know, compared to that. And it's great that you could play it. And it's very impressive, but, you know, um, having your own identity is, is very important, you know, uh, as you know, it's something. So I purposely always stayed clear of copying something note for note. The only thing I, I learned was possibly highway star, uh, a couple other little Richie things, but, um, never like anything else that I ever sit and take the time. I mean, do I want to, I'd love to learn. I would have loved to have learned Cliffs of Dover, you know, a note yeah. for note at some point if I ever had the patience. But, uh, you know, 
uh, I just don't. I'd, I'd rather sit and just keep doing what I'm doing. Right, right. So let me ask you, what do you think of Frank Marino? Oh, my God. Love him. Yeah. Love Frank Marino. Did you know uh, back in um, – okay, so this is great. I was with a, a band from uh, that was based out of Canada. Um, I lived in Montreal for a while. Uh, so while I was up there, uh, this is uh, 19 – I want to say 79, early 80, I was there. Uh, we were, we were, I was with a production company there, uh, this gentleman that produced Emerson, Lake and Palmer, a couple of Emerson, Lake and Palmer records took us on and we ended up rehearsing at Tempo Studios, Frank Marino's place. Yeah. And in Tempo Studios was not only the recording studio, but a big stage and all of Frank Marino's merch stuff was there, you know, the laminated pass machine yeah. and everything. I was just like, uh, you know, I was always a huge Frank Marino fan. Yeah. You know, do I believe the story about, you know, him coming yeah. out of an acid trip and playing like Hendrix? Not really, but I don't know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Crazier right. things have happened in the world, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Have, have you ever had the opportunity to talk to him or spend any time with no. him? No, no, never. Uh, yeah. Closest I got was his bass player uh, walked into the bar uh, that I was at in uh, Montreal. That was oh, the man. closest. Uh, uh, I got to anybody in that band, but um, just an amazing, amazing player. Yeah. Uh, one of those guys that, you know, there's a few of those cats from that time that you just can't believe weren't over the top superstars, you know? Yeah. It was always that, that thing with Frank and, you know, guitar players knew him tremendously, but, you know, I, I'm wondering if it's, you know, a lot of Frank's material and stuff was geared towards, you know, his guitar playing because he was so awesome, you know, and and when you do that, you're you're gearing yourself towards other musicians, guitar players and stuff. And that's not really the audience that's buying a lot of records, you know, uh, you're trying to, you know. Yeah. How do you how do you explain, you know someone like that plays guitar like like frank marino and then uh someone that plays really good guitar like mick mars and stuff he's a great guitar player but totally you know frank marino is just like doing all these crazy things but he's writing great songs for motley Crue. you know what i'm saying so yeah motley Crue's making gazillions of dollars um with great songs and and you know it's just it's just a a, a whole different mindset i guess yeah. It, well, I, I think, you know, I think for a lot of people, you know, they, they might start out that way where they're focused on their playing and the instruments and the the music. And then as time progresses, you become more focused on the song, you know, because yeah. if, if you don't have a great song, if you don't have a great hook or a good melody or whatever it is, you know, you're not going to sell albums, you know, and you're not going to draw in the people. Because the crowds for I love I love guitar music I love instrumental music, but the market for it is so small. Well, that's it. I don't I yeah. don't mean to make it sound like I I hate it. I'm just not a fan right. of it. It's like right. it's a very, it's it's uh, you know, um, it's so funny. People ask me, well, what do you like to listen to? And I always tell them ACDC. I love ACDC. I think they're incredible. Yeah. You know, yeah. I like every song that I write. Um, my my guitar solo is. 30 seconds, 30 or 40 seconds at the most. 
Uh, and that's fine for me because to me, it's about the song and the vocals and a, and a, and a good, strong chorus. That's what I'm, you know, I try to gear. That's my mindset when I'm writing a song. I'll, yeah. I'll get my point across in that 30, 40 seconds of guitar playing. You know, I'll, 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 I'll say what I have to say there. And, yeah. and that, and that it, it's worked out well for me. You know, I've done that. I've done it for years with house of Lords and I've done it for, you know, uh, now with autograph and, you know, I've never done anything where the, uh, except when I'm, you know, my live show where I do a long guitar solo by myself. Uh, but even that is, you know, I try to squeeze down now to, you know, try to keep it under five minutes if possible. You know, it's very <laughs> difficult when you got an arsenal of stuff that you're trying to unleash in, in something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Now you said something earlier about, you know, uh, playing with the, playing with autograph now where the only solo that you really do that's, that's structured is, you know, uh, turn off the radio. Right. So, so are, are you saying that you improvise, uh, all the solos every night, every time? Yeah. See, I love that. Yeah, I do. I um, there, I do since I've been playing now, cause I've been in there over three years now. So I do have certain things that I've gotten accustomed to playing now, mm -hmm. uh, that I developed when I first joined the band. Uh, and then I changed a couple things. So, now I have kind of uh, certain things that I do, but I still like going off and experimenting if um, if I have the opportunity. I don't like to stay uh, structured into one, you know, in, into one thing unless it's a melody line. Like, you know, for example, I, I was watching um, Queen documentary last night. And, uh, you know, when you're an amazing guitarist like Brian May, you know, his all of his solos are just melodies. They, they are singable, beautiful melodies. And, you know, you would have to play that if you're going to, you know, yeah, this is, yeah. it's not, you know what I'm saying? You can't take something that's a melody uh, and then try to go off on it. Cause it's, you know, it, right. it's, it just doesn't work. If right. You're doing that. And when songs become so iconic, to where everybody can hum them in their sleep, the guitar solo, you know, you pretty much have to do it. But, uh, you know, I, I like the, the, the beat, the improv simply because I feel like it gives the audience, um, uh, a fresh perspective. It's like, it's like the show is different each night, or at least from your perspective as a guitar yeah. player, it's you're giving them a live experience because they can hear the radio, the record, and they can hear how it's structured on the record, but you're giving them a live experience, which I think. Yeah. Is you know, that's, that was one of my favorite things, honestly. Um, and that, that's the reason that I do this or the reason I got accustomed to doing this is because of my Richie Blackmore influence. You listen to any like Blackmore live. He never plays the same solo twice. Never. Right. Right. I mean, look at what he did. I mean, right from machine heads of made in Japan, he didn't even, attempt to do the solo that he did on highway star in the uh on the album you know it's just he does whatever the hell he wants yeah and you know and i i started when i was growing up listening to richie and seeing uh richie live so many times i said this is this is cool because you know he's just going off and doing what he wants to do he's not staying to what he recorded you know and and it took me a while to realize that to get it into my mind, hey, I, I guess that's okay. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you take, 
I guess if he goes off and then at the end, he wants to do the, you know, the bit, a bit, a bit, a bit, a bit, you know, the triplet picking thing at the end of highway star and just does that. Then that, that says it all right there. Right. You know, right. the whole front section of the solo, you want to change it, change it, you know? Right. Right. Now, and, and, oh, go ahead. Yeah, right. No, uh, look at, look at a song like, uh, look at the way slash plays like, you know, a lot of people used to, you know, insult Slash or something. And I, I was going, are you crazy? This guy's a monster guitar player, yeah. you know. But listen, listen to how beautiful his his note choice is for Sweet Child of Mine. You know, that's a that's a, a melody, a, a beautiful melody that he created. And, you know, he might go off and do a few different things after that. But, you know, like I'm saying, he'll always do that. But yeah. then you, you go off after that, you know. Right, right. So I, I noticed that you uh, that you have been endorsed at, at one time, or maybe you still are with Viper Guitars. Yeah, yeah. I was curious. Yeah, he's great. Uh, do you do you still do you play them live? I mean, what's uh, your no? I, I haven't played. I haven't played them live with this. Uh, the reason that I haven't used uh, uh, the Vipers uh, is because uh, since joining Autograph, I used them with House of Lords. Uh, but since joining autograph, I had to get start using a whammy bar again. Uh, 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 and uh, uh, the ones that I have are very thin body. Like I was playing SGs for the longest time. So right. uh, and if I was to do if I was to pull out uh, Vipers again now, uh, I'm used to but those had a Gibson scale length neck on them. And now I'm all about the Fender scale length now that uh, right. uh, since I went back, you know, uh, to my my uh, whammy bar days. So um, all the guitars that this company, um, PVX, is making me, um, this they're out of North Carolina. All these guitars are, are custom made uh, uh, for me. This is a body design I actually came up with. Um, I even had him do a special, uh, he used to set the necks on a certain thing, So I, but I wanted bolt-on necks. This neck, actually, his design there's a lip underneath this fingerboard that goes right underneath the um, the uh, 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 rhythm pickup, and then it secures. So not only do I have four bolts there, but I have a, a, an additional bolt that socks into the other thing. And uh, um, uh, so yeah, this there's uh, this company's been working very close with me on on many things. And the thing that he did for me is this. Now, uh, I've always played, you know, with the Floyd Rose, you know, the regular ones. Yeah. The, the thing that always bothered me was the fine tuners, like the first, uh, the E, A, and D. The the G, B, and E were fine uh, because they were out of my way. But I rest my hand on the bridge a lot when I'm playing. Right. So my hand would hit the fine tuners. Well, Floyd Rose makes a Floyd Rose Pro bridge where the fine tuners are set back here and the string locks uh, right here. But they didn't make it left-handed. Uh. So, uh what he did was he got he bought uh, a bunch of the right-handed ones and had this plate made for me and all the other parts are standard so all the the only thing that's different is this bottom plate that the bar sits in which is absurd you know it's yeah. like you know you you tell me because uh, you're I'm left-handed that you can't just make a left you know make an extra plate yeah uh, for that to sit in but uh you know i guess when you're tooling and everything but you know this company went and did it yeah so now did i did, i didn't uh, did that guitar have scallop fretboards oh no no i don't oh, okay. use scallops anymore okay um, i was using scallop all my all my guitars were scalloped 
uh, from 17 up, oh, seven. uh, which I still, which I still don't mind. I never, I, I tried a guitar with a full scallop board one time. And, uh, because I use, um, I did it at a house of Lords gig too. And I should have never done it. Uh, I had my normal guitar right behind me, but I was in such a panic that I didn't realize that I could just put that guitar down and pick it up because I was playing it great all week. Uh, but the problem was, uh, most people that use scalp fingerboards, uh, like Ingve and everybody, they use like eight gauge strings, yeah. uh, nothing heavier than nines. And I use, I've always used 10 to 46 on everything. Yeah. And, um, they just, uh, it doesn't react good with a scalp fingerboard for some reason. So, uh, I, um, I went back to just using, you know, you know, that, and plus, uh, uh, I, I had used rosewood fingerboards forever. Uh, and then one day I had my, my buddy, uh, make me, uh, my buddy, Dale Roberts down in Florida. He was making me a lot of guitars, SG ones for house of Lords. And, uh, I said, Hey Dale, on this, on this next one, just, you know, put a maple board on it. And once he put that one maple board on it, because the neck was already maple, bare, bare uh, maple, I just fell in love with the maple neck again. You know, I forgot how much I liked it. So I went back to using maple necks on everything. Yeah, yeah. I've always been a rosewood or ebony guy. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, I got a couple of Ibanezes that had the roasted maple. And, yeah, you know, once you go to that, it's it's hard to, to move around. But I do like the the rosewoods and the ebonies i i just i don't know i like the way i like the way they look i like the way they feel oh like, yeah yeah no it's beautiful especially video. ebony i like yeah. the hard wood that ebony is it's great what's that strat in the case up on your wall that's a 62 a real 62 a real yeah yeah i'll never i'll never see a guitar like that being left-handed they're, they're yeah. just the, the price on something like that is I wouldn't even be able to touch it if, if there was one left-handed. I saw one one time, believe it or not, on this auction show that was on TV. A woman uh, had inherited it and she brought it onto the show and it was everything that I could have wanted. It was a, a, a cream, a white one that, that had faded to yellow, you know, uh, and the uh, uh, rosewood fingerboard. I mean, it was in dead mint shape and I, I can't remember what, what the price that the guy gave her on it she almost dropped to the floor what it was when, when the yeah. guy told her what it was, it was just like, you're kidding. You know, it, like she couldn't believe it. Yeah. They're crazy. I, I actually took photos of it and sent the photos to a builder that I know in Georgia and he built me a replica. Oh, good. I mean, it's almost, it's exact. It's got all the same scratches and, and everything. Oh, really? Yeah. It oh. looks in that I can't remember what kind of body he put on it, but it the the guitar itself weighs like I don't know maybe four pounds. It Gotta be older. Yeah, be I, I think I think that's what it is, but I'm not 100. Yeah. It doesn't, but it's really light. I don't really play it too much anymore, but uh, you know, since yeah. I since I uh, moved on, but yeah, that's that's it right there. Everybody asks yeah. me that. Everybody asks me what's in the case. What's in the case? I was yeah. like, well, if I could take you into the closet, you'd forget about the case. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure your son goes and visits the closet. <laughs> yeah, no, you know what? Not anymore. You know, he's he's older, and I I gave him uh, I gave him a Strat and a Spark amp for his birthday this last year. Oh, cool. You know, because he quit playing altogether. He just he just quit playing, and uh, I said, man, you you can't do that. You know, you. 
even if you got a small apartment, you got to have something that you can you can play in there. So and those spark those spark amps are good. Nah, those are so nice, man. That's yeah, what are. I like to use if I'm doing shows and stuff. That's what I like to have in the hotel or backstage or something like that. It's just yeah. you know, that can sound like a million bucks, even though I I don't sound like a million bucks. <laughs> <laughs> so what I, kind of, I, what I kind of amp? It's it's, what, it's a daily kind? struggle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What kind of amp are you using live? Oh, I always use Marshall JCM two thousands. The uh, I always request the DSL uh, two channel um, had you know the, but I like the one that says I don't like. I mean, if I have to use the one that just says DSL on it, I will. But I—that's not what I, I asked for. I always ask for the JCM two thousand. Yeah. DSL. Uh, those are the earlier ones, and uh, I always have a good sound. I have a very small. Uh, I'll show you. I have it right here. Hold on. Don't go anywhere. Um. I'm 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 very old school. Yeah. Uh, I don't use rack of rack effects or. Uh, well, not many, or or any of these, you know, cool fancy things that are out there. This is this is my pedal board that I take with me. Yeah. Um, I have uh, this is a Boss uh, Viwa. Um, um, this the reason I use this is uh, it's a programmable wah, but I have it set to one sound. But it's also uh, if you back click, there's a, a something back here. If you back click on it, uh, it becomes a univibe. And then, uh, uh, so I have a very cool Univibe sound, uh, and, and the pedal, uh, adjusts the warble of the Univibe, but all I have going into the front of my amp is this, the over, uh, boss Waza overdrive and my tuner. I never used, um, I never ever in my life used a delay pedal till I got an autograph. So basically, um, I have this and a boost here, which I very rarely ever step on. If, if I'm having a hard time doing a solo, these two things go into the effects loop um so that's it these two things are my my pedals right here yeah. that are into yeah. the front of the amp a wow on an overdrive wow you know that well i think that's cool though you know and there's so many people going to uh less is more you know people are moving away from the big racks and that a lot of guys have gone to the kempers in the frack yeah yeah I, like I know that. my buddy my buddy mark slaughter swears by him swears yeah. he's been trying to get me to go over to kemper and stuff i it's not that i don't want to uh, you know it's just uh everything is such a learning curve like this, you know, using a, a real amp, uh, I'm used to it. You know, it's just, it, it works good with my hands. Yeah. You know, um, one thing that I don't like, uh, especially is, uh, when I'm playing, I can't stand, uh, <laughs> hearing myself play. Like I, like, um, I like the cabinet behind me and, you know, every time, uh, the, we're doing monitor mixes, they'll say, Hey, you want, uh, you want your guitar in a monitor? It's like, no, no, I don't, yeah. want my, I don't want my guitar in the monitor. You know, those guys might want it, not me. You yeah. know, I don't want to hear that. I like hearing the the, the the sound coming from behind me. Yeah. And I never like, I, I I always use just the bottom cab. I've never have a top cabinet plugged in. Yeah. Uh, it's always, I got to have it just at leg leg level. I can't stand hearing it right there like that. Yeah. Yeah. Now you do know though, if you go, if you do make the, you know, the move to a Kemper, you can profile your own rig, right? Right. You can record your own rig into it and that, cause I know guys, there's a lot of guys like you that, you know, I've got a Kemper. I don't, I don't use it. I might use it to record something, 
you know, if I'm just, you know, sitting around my studio and doing something and want to record something, but, uh, I'm like you, I, I, I'm an analog guy. I want to, I want a tube amp and I, I want, you know, I love to stack, you know, drives and delays and yeah, play all day with toys, man. I could, you know, I could sit here all day and just play with pedals. Yeah. Just fuck around with pedals all day. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I wish I could get paid to do that. Yeah, there's uh, there's and there's too many of them to even uh, ah. there's so many of them you don't even know what to do. Yeah, you know when I got on a, I got on a kick with uh, you know Dumble style amps and pedals, and I went out and in the course of a week I think I bought twenty five or thirty Dumble type pedals, and wow. I spent two or three weeks just you know you got them all lined up and just like trying to compare them all and figure out which one's the best and stuff. And it's like, it's, it's an insane lifestyle, you know, to, to get into that, you know, and in the end, what do you do? You always go back to the same shit. You've always been. Yeah. Eating. Yeah. The same ones that you Cause it works. It's, it's fun though. You're having fun, yeah. you know? Yeah, it works. It works. Yeah. Well, that's cool, man. You know, it's, it's nice to see, uh, you know, somebody still using some analog stuff because there's a lot of, a lot of hard rock bands out there, thrash bands and stuff. People are using the Kempers now, you know, and or the Helix and or the uh, Helix or the yeah. Fractal or whatever, oh, yeah, all that stuff. Line six, whatever, yeah. So yeah, I can't even pronounce half those names, so it doesn't make a difference. <laughs> <laughs> well, we didn't talk about the album, so let's touch on it for a minute. You guys got a brand new album, yeah, right? Beyond, yeah, beyond, uh, it's coming out November eighteenth. The new autograph album, Beyond. Right. I think yeah. this is the first album since what, 17? Yeah, it's the first one. Uh and it's the first one that uh that I'm on. Yeah. Uh that I that I've actually um you know uh wrote tracks for and you know it, it was great because uh like I said when I joined the band, I uh I told Randy, you know, right off the bat that I, you know, was a songwriter and everything, and he was thrilled about that. So uh I presented songs to the guys right off the bat. Yeah. Uh, I only write music. I don't write uh, lyrics and melody lines. That's all Simon, you know? Right, right. You got to leave that to the... Leave that right. to the singers. Right, them, leave that uh, to the singers. That's right. You yeah, write the riffs. What they, you know, because they have their own, uh, they have their own great ideas of what the, how they feel a song should be. And, yeah. you know, so that's that w- w- works out great. Yeah, that's that's good that it's collaborative like that. You know, yeah, you don't always definitely. get that. You don't always get that. And that, so, what can people expect from the new album, though? I mean, it's incredible. It's yeah. it's great. Yeah, every I, I'm I'm not just saying this. Every review that I've done have been praising this album like crazy. So, uh, um, I've actually um, tried to take some essence of the uh, of the old. And bring it into a couple of the songs, and uh, and there's all these just like killer stomping tracks on there. And uh, uh, Randy's played Randy played his his ass off on this record. He put everything he had into this record. Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's a it's a shame that he passed away. As a matter of fact, today it's six months today. Wow, that he passed away. Uh, but he gave the performance of his life, and I know he's very proud. Yeah. People will, you'll, you'll hear it all over the record. He's just absolutely great. Yeah. I've listened to the album. I, I like it a lot. It's really good. So cool. do you guys, you guys have plans to, uh, to go on tour? Is it? After oh yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, we're playing. I'm playing, uh, 
I'm heading to California in two days. We're playing a whiskey, a go-go. We're headlining the whiskey. We have all, we're playing all the cruises and, you know. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's we got all kinds of stuff going on. Cool, cool. Yeah. Well, I, t- I tell you what, Jimmy, man, I really appreciate, you know, you taking the time to talk to me. It was a, it was a pleasure meeting you. Yeah, it was a pleasure meeting you. I, w- I wish we had done this uh, before. If you ever want to do it again, man, just uh, get in touch. I'll, I'll be more than happy to come on the show again. I All had a right. blast. All right, we'll do that. Thanks a lot. You got it. Thank you. Uh, you take, take care. care. Yeah, bye-bye. Bye. Well, I want to thank Jimmy Bell so much for participating in this episode of Guitar Talk. Do yourself a fi- favor. Follow the band Autograph as they go out on tour. Make sure you're supporting them by buying their music. Like, follow, and share them on social media. Do the same thing for me at Guitar Talk and on Facebook and on Instagram. Like, follow, and share. That's what you need to do. And that until next week, I'm Jimmy Warren. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Guitar Talk.